Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Molly Ryder. Welcome to the podcast, More Milk, Please, baby feeding stories from moms plus like me and you. This podcast is designed to be a safe space for women plus to come together and share baby feeding stories. Whether you are expecting or thinking about having kids, a mom, non-binary, an aunt, grandma, or a caregiver, you are welcome because we hear it all. (laughs) From breastfeeding and pumping to tube feeding, bottles, formula, frozen milk, and weaning, our worldwide community is here connecting over some of our most nerve-wracking and intimate moments. I am so glad you're here, dear listener. Oh my goodness, my mom's plus. I hope that you find connection and belonging as you listen. And if this podcast, or me, or our guests, or the stories mean something to you, it would mean the world to me if you'd be willing to take 30 seconds to rate and review the podcast. It helps new Moms Plus find us so these stories can support even more baby feeding adults out there in the wild world of parenting. To do this, just go to the More Milk Please show page on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and just hit the plus sign in the top right-hand corner. Of course, the more stars you're willing to give, the better. (laughs) And I so appreciate hearing your thoughts. So if you could please leave a comment, that'd be amazing. I check and read them all and feel immense joy over each one. So thank you, thank you. So much love and hugs. All right. Today... I'm interviewing a very dear friend and fellow mama, Carla. She and I go way back. We met in college, and it's just so exciting that we're having babies at the same time. (laughs) Yes. Especially since we're older mamas. Yes. Anyway, (laughs) hi, Carla. Welcome to More Milk, Please, and thank you for being here today. Hi, Molly. Thank you so much for having me. This is such a treat and an honor to be able to share my story with you and everyone else who's listening. So thank you. Yay. So excited. Thank you. Well, I'm hoping that you can start off by sharing a little bit about you and your family, like where you live and just a little bit about you. Of course. Yes. Um, So my husband and I live in Rochester, New York. Uh, We got married in 2022 and got pregnant right away where we were, um, we were lucky that that happened so quickly because again, we're on the, I'll I'll call it the older mamas. So I was able (laughs) to have um, my daughter who is now seven months old as of yesterday. She just turned seven months old um, when I was 39. So I squeezed it in right before I turned 40, (laughs) which was um, very exciting. So. And how old is she now? She's six months, seven months, seven months old. Yes. Seven months as of yesterday. So she was born on February 24th. And yesterday was September 24th. So seven, yep, seven months old. We can get into this more later, but she was five weeks early. So a lot of times I'm always thinking about her corrected age. That's a term that I'll use and hear a lot. So that's really yeah. like when she was supposed to be born. So she was five weeks early. So instead of seven months old, she's actually five months old and three weeks. So you wow. subtract weeks right yeah yeah oh that's cool and you met your husband during COVID right I did yes actually we met right before COVID so we were one of the lucky ones that got to hunker down together and spend all those endless days of not knowing what's going on in the world (laughs) together but the timing worked out really well for us I think we had about probably three or four dates and then the whole entire world closed down so um yes a pretty a pretty unique story or maybe not unique because I'm sure other people were in that same kind of boat but it was very um very special for us yeah yeah that's so cool I love your story thank you um awesome well I know you already gave us a little bit of a sneak preview but 
before you had birth, I'd love to hear a little bit about your maternity experience and more specifically, like what your knowledge was around breastfeeding, baby feeding, you know, did you research the heck out of it, avoid it, consider formula, nervous, excited, any of that? All the things, so many things, so many emotions. I think, you know, first off, just being pregnant, like there's there's so much that goes through your head and you're reading things and you're not reading things because you don't you don't know what you want to believe and you go down a rabbit hole and it's like there's just it's so much information. So I did research a little bit. I knew I wanted to breastfeed as opposed to formula feed. That was my goal. Um mm-hmm. and it's funny how what you're 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 thinking about doing and then what ends up happening ultimately because of your situation. And so I did research it a little bit. I didn't I didn't research it an intense amount, but I think I knew enough going into it, or at least I knew I, I thought I knew enough. I didn't take any classes on breastfeeding. I, we did take a labor and delivery class. Mm-hmm. Uh, my husband and I did, which which was helpful. We learned a couple things here and there. And I know they had a breastfeeding class that was offered, and we just I don't know if we just never got there or we never signed up, but either way, we never did any like formal training in that way. So I, I think I was more of just like, we're going to figure this out as, as it happens. And as we go along and, you know, several of my friends have children. And so they had shared bits and pieces, which is interesting because you never really know looking on the other side of it now until you experience it yourself, how different or how challenging or how I don't know, everyone's experience is just um, so unique. So even though hearing stories from my friends, it, you know, never the same until you do it yourself. So yeah. 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 It feels like such an abstract thing. And oh, so yes. it's really not until like you're in the middle of it, trying it, that it like lands. So Right. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. It's like, wait a minute, I'm feeding a child on my breast. Like how, how is this even, how is this baby growing? How is this happening? And it happens. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's crazy. All right. So let's dig in a little bit more. And if you can share a bit about the moment, like leading up to birth and birth and um, what that whole experience was like. Sure. Yeah. So I have a, as everyone does, has a unique story. And I hope people don't have a similar story because my story was a little bit, I would call, I would use the, the word traumatic. I think I'm still kind of processing everything that I went through. So I, as I mentioned, uh, my daughter, her name's Ariana. She came five weeks early, exactly. But when I was, um, let's see, I was 34 weeks and three days. Um, I had what we now know, which didn't know at the time, um, is a placental abruption. So basically, your placenta says, I'm all set. I'm all done. I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> Jokingly, but really, it, it starts to tear away. And so one evening or early morning, I woke up to to pee because that's something that I did often in the middle of the night. Right. Um, and I, I saw lots of blood and that was, mm. whoa, a big kind of, you know, the big alarm, something you don't want to see ever, right. When you're pregnant, because it's just sounds all the alarms. And I actually stayed relatively calm, which I was impressed with myself because I'm yeah. usually not, I'm usually like an anxious person. And I said, I called my husband, I said, Dan, you know, this is not right. So we called um, the emergency line for our OBGYN and the doctor said, you know, you need to come in and so we can, you know, see what's going on. So we actually had our hospital bag packed. We just packed it that Sunday. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. Well, that was one of the things that that class taught us. So we were like, okay, (laughs) we're ready. We got our hospital bag. Um, It wasn't completely ready, but, you know, we threw a couple things here and there in there, but we were, you know, set to go. And I remember my husband said, should I take my laptop with me? I'm not going to take it. We'll be back. And I said, just, just put it in your bag, you know, yeah. good thing because, you know, long story short, we never <laughs> left the hospital, but um, yeah. So we drove, you know, kind of in silence. I, I felt the baby kicking though. So I was like, okay, she, you know, she's doing okay. Um, yeah. So we got there and I was in triage for a bit and they decided to keep me overnight and just do some monitoring testing. And so it was a couple days of just you know, testing here and there and monitoring. And um, yeah. again, and were you story, continuing to bleed or had that um, stopped? No, the bleeding stopped actually. Um, they did some swabs and the bleeding yeah. stopped. I think I was there three hours. And then at that point, you know, we thought we were going home. My right. husband was saying, what do you want me to cook you for breakfast? And I said, I'll work from home today. I won't go in the office. And when they say, we're going to keep you overnight or, you know, for 24 hours, we said, okay, maybe we're not going home. We're like, this is great practice when we come back. <laughs> right. And again, I, I think, I, you know, he, my husband is, 
incredibly calm. Like we're our our personalities, you know, are opposite in some ways, which is amazing because he keeps me calm and you know, I'm more of like the anxious one. And it was just amazing to have him by my side because the whole time, you know, he was there, he was reassuring that everything's gonna be okay. And I feel very comfortable with the hospital system that that I was delivering in and the system in general um here in Rochester where where we live. And so I was happy. I felt that once I was at the hospital, I felt safe in the sense where even if I had to have an emergency C-section or, or something happen, I felt that, you know, I would be in good hands. So that was reassuring. Yeah. So, you know, I won't go into all the ups and downs of all those next couple of days, but basically what happened was I, I wanted to keep the baby inside as long as possible, right? Cause she was little and it was early. And so we decided if, if we could wait till Friday, it was Tuesday when I went in, she'd be 35 weeks mm-hmm. and that would be a milestone. Like let's, if we yeah. could do that, there's like a, there was a rule there that if the baby was born before 35 weeks, they had to stay at the NICU for an extended amount of time. And so I said, if we could just get to 35, that's the goal. So we certainly had some scares those days. Her heart was decelerating because of the placental abruption, which again, we weren't really sure what was going on at the time. And so I Did they know just, that right away or did they just know that something was off? They knew something was off. They, I was monitored the whole time. Mm-hmm. Her heart, the baby's heart was monitored. I was monitored. Yeah. And I think three different times throughout those days, her heart would go down significantly enough where an alarm would go off and they would come in and they would say, Carla, flip on your left side, flip on your right side. Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah. I was doing yoga poses on the bed. There was one incident that her it, it did her heart didn't come up. It was like six or seven minutes. And I was like, you know, in my head, like saying prayers and, you know, but again, I'm yeah. in this place and we're close. They still like, they told me they put me in the room closest to the operating room in case I had an <laughs> emergency. I'm like, oh, that's, that's reassuring. Yeah. And but yeah, there was that one time that it was very close and then her heart did come back up. And that was, I think like Wednesday or Thursday night before we were planning for the the Friday. So it's okay. We can do this one more day. We can get through this. And then the ultimate plan was to on Friday to be induced um, Mm -hmm. with and if the baby could tolerate Pitocin, we would try to have a vaginal birth. And if she couldn't right away, we would know if her heart was going down again, it would be an emergency C-section. So yeah, those days are all a blur to me. I mean, they're not a blur in the sense where I know what happened overall, but all the little details yeah. are just like, wow. You know, it's incredible that that we're here and, you know, I'm safe. She's safe. We're all in this wonderful place, yeah. but it was definitely not, I would never wish anyone to have to go through that kind of experience because it is, again, it's traumatic. And I know that I think I'll be processing it for a while just because it, yeah. it's just one of those things where you never expect anything like that to happen. But, you know, we're, we have faith and we're, you know, just grateful and so happy that it all turned out okay. So that's a very long answer to your question, Muffy. No, Um, yeah. So how long after the Pitocin uh, was she born? So the Pitocin, they started the Pitocin around nine o'clock in the morning and she was born at 9.30 p.m. um, that evening. So it was about 12 and a half hours of labor. So it was... It was progressing though. It was, we didn't, there was no like stalling out. And, you know, I was taking, I had an epidural within a couple hours. I think I waited a little bit too long, but that's okay. Looking back, (laughs) I should have asked for the epidural a little bit sooner, but yeah. um, Yeah. So she was born that evening and didn't have to have a C-section at all. So I was grateful for that. Just, you know, recovery wise. Yeah. So that was one thing that we were very blessed because a lot of times when Placental abruptions happen. It's more of like an emergency C-section that you have no option to even try um, to have a vaginal birth. So, yeah, so we were able to hold her. We were told that the NICU doctors would be there, you know, when she was born. And so we were able to be with her for, you know, I don't even, it wasn't a long time um, until they did take her to the NICU, but it was just amazing that we were able to, you know, be with her and she weighed four pounds and 14 ounces. Wow. So very, very little peanut. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but almost five pounds. That's so almost great. five pounds. Yes. I mean, that's, that's pretty good for being as early as she was. Yeah. And she got an eight and a nine on the APGAR test. So Aww. she, 
was, you know, flying colors. That's still pretty, pretty wonderful for, for the situation. Also, you know, being deprived of oxygen for times here and there throughout. And right. then they were able to, when I delivered the placenta, they were able to confirm that there was a, an abruption there. And um, oh, they don't know what, how it happened or what caused it. And me wanting to always know, I've, you know, looked at my pathology report many times and there's just no explanation, which stinks, but it's just one of those things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. Well, I'm so glad it turned out so well in the end, you yeah. know, that being so scary in the beginning. Yes. Oh. Thank you. And thank, thank you. you for sharing. It's, it, I think it's so important to just like hear how these things unfold and the value of going in, even when you're not sure, you know? Yes. That's like wonderful advice. I would say to any, any mother who's pregnant and not sure, you know, I would say there's never anything where you should say, oh, I'm bothering the doctor. I shouldn't call the office again. Like always, always do that. And that's like proof that, you know, even if, you know, of course, if you're bleeding, that's pretty obvious. But even if there's a little thing, I'd say always get it checked out. You know, yeah. there's no harm in doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So she went to the NICU and then yes. what was the feeding experience like from that point? Yes. So oh, a lot of this is again, a little bit of a blur, but so she went <laughs> to the okay. NICU and then, you know, we went to the post delivery room, which isn't as, um, it's a different environment than the labor and delivery floor. So we were <laughs> in another section and I remember my husband wheeling me in the wheelchair mm. over to see her in the NICU. They wanted you to, you know, try, try to feed her. Mm -hmm. um, my milk didn't, didn't come in the classroom, right? It, it, mm. You know, most people, I think it takes a little bit of time. So uh, I would just like hold her, like have her near me because right. also in the NICU, you know, we're separated. So we're only going to be able to be together for a short time. And I have to go back to my room and come see her again. So yeah, I honestly can't tell you like exact time timing of in the very, very beginning, because it was a bit yeah. of a blur for me and like the next day I had a couple other like health things that kind of came up and so we were trying to just make sure we were both okay we can even back up even further so I wasn't ready right to have her so right. I didn't have like the pump yet I didn't even like have it <laughs> yeah I had a willow pump which I wasn't planning to use right away um, right. I was planning to use that like later on but the spectra right one of the kind of traditional brands that everyone gets in the hospital. So I had to like learn real quick because, and again, I was just kind of not even thinking clearly. So it was like a lot of like, okay, here's how all the pieces work in the parts. And I'm just like, uh, right. and let me like measure for the flange size. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. what's going on? Looking back, I think I wish I were a little more prepared, like did a little more research with the pumping and like had learned a little more before, I went in and I was actually planning to do a little more of that, like closer towards. And that just, that opportunity just didn't happen for me. Yeah. So I wish I had done it earlier, but, but that's okay. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew that it, she would come five weeks early? <laughs> Who knew? Yeah. <laughs> really, like I was in the hospital, like, like, you know, five and a half weeks early. So, right. Yeah. So I think like, you know, that part, I definitely wasn't, I wasn't ready for all, all the pumping because, you know, in all honesty, I thought I would be able to, to, to actually to breastfeed her. And right. I wasn't because um, a couple factors, because she was so early, she actually wasn't interested in eating at, at all in the very beginning. She was really just so sleepy. We really had to, myself and the NICU nurses had to really struggle to even like get her to be awake often. So that was like the first struggle. And then, you know, when she would be on my chest, she would fall asleep. She had no interest. And when she was awake, she just couldn't get the suction with her mouth. She was just like too yeah. early. And they did a lot of tests for tongue ties and things. And they, they never found anything. It was just more like she just, she just wasn't there yet. She just wasn't right. yet developed. So it was a, it was a big, it was a big struggle. We did some, tried with, with bottles. We tried a little bit with droppers in the very beginning, trying to just get her any little bit of colostrum formula, you know, whatever I could yeah. be there by her all the time. So they, they used formula right away. They asked me if that was okay. And I said, of course, I just want her to, I want her to, um, you know, be able to, to have nutrients and whatever that looks like. But it was, it was definitely, it was definitely very hard, very, very hard. And she was in the NICU for a week. 
we went home on Sunday and she was in the NICU that entire week. So we had to go back and forth every day, uh, which was another really, Wait, really from your room or from your house. No, from our house. Oh crap. They yeah. discharged you. Oh dang. Yeah. So, so it happened. So I can back up a little bit and share. So she was born on a Friday night. So then Saturday, she's in the NICU. We're at the hospital still, but I was having, my heart was racing very fast and it wasn't going down. My blood pressure was a little elevated. And that's kind of like one of those warning signs that, that's like a red flag. And yeah. so, yeah, I got rushed to get a CAT scan. I had an EKG and they thought I had a pulmonary embolism, which is like really, really not good. But it was a little scary. My parents were visiting. My husband was there and they're like, okay, we're taking you off. And I was like, oh, geez. Oh. but it ended up being fine. So Saturday was a lot of like me also just like, I okay, you know, right. So we saw Ariana as much as we could back and forth. You know, my husband would wheel me in the wheelchair over to the NICU. We'd see her and we'd spend time and try to just like, just hold her. We did a lot of skin to skin. Okay. My husband did too. I did. We just tried to like, you know, be with her and she was hooked up to monitors because she had to be monitored with her oxygen level and her heart and her breathing. And so it was, it was just so emotional and so hard to see her Again, it's just not like what you envision you're, when you ha have a baby. You're like, that's the least thing anyone thinks about. Because why would you envision that, right? Right. Yeah. And then Sunday, I had some tests in the morning and I was okay. And they discharged me. Okay. So Dan and I went home without Ariana. And that was probably like the hardest thing. One of the hardest things I've had to do yeah. up to this point in my life is just drive home with my husband. And we had this beautiful baby, and but not be with her. So it was very emotional for my husband as well. Like both of us just, you know, again, not what, not what you expect. And it was also hard because a lot of people, of course, were so happy for us and like, congratulations. And I didn't feel like I could ultimately really be relaxed and celebrate because she wasn't, she was okay, but she wasn't okay yet. She wasn't with right. us and she was right. still being monitored. And I was just a little anxious and we knew she wouldn't be in the NICU for too long because they told us that they just wanted to make sure she didn't have any they called them episodes or she she basically stopped breathing but when she's right hooked up to the monitor an alarm goes up or goes off and then someone rushes and goes to check on her right and I'm just thinking if we had her home we wouldn't have one of those you know what would we do so I was comforted in knowing that she was safe where she was but still right. it's just the hardest thing because again you're going through all these emotions and you know postpartum 100% like day number three after having a baby and then you know yeah. you're a whack and everything and you're just not with her so that's so hard I, I remember Luna was a few days old and Hawkeye took her for a walk with a friend and they were gone for like three hours and I freaked out yeah <laughs> and my therapist <laughs> My therapist actually told me, and I don't know if this is true or not, but maybe it was just to like make me feel better. But that like biologically, it's actually like physically hard for moms to be away from their newborn babies because, you know, our, our bodies are, are the hormones and things are all like, keep my baby alive. And so to yeah. be growing, just keeping the population going, you don't want the mom to like suddenly check out on the baby now that she's born. So yeah. Right. <laughs> That's so hard. I can't imagine. Oh, that's yeah. Also, if you're a breastfeeding mom thinking about breastfeeding or are an underproducer like me, get your hands on my free 10 best breastfeeding and pumping tips because you deserve an easier, pain free experience. Seriously. I want you to feel victorious in your breastfeeding and pumping. So go to mollyrider.com forward slash top 10 milk tips to get your copy today. My daughter was in the step down unit, which was good. It was, she wasn't in the intensive unit. So we didn't have our own room. We shared a room and there was like a sheet that you would, you could pull because, you know, you try to breastfeed, you try to be with her. Yeah, um, so yeah. my mom, who's amazing, would come with me in the mornings at eight o'clock when we could get there. It was eight to eight were the hours. So my husband kept working. We didn't want to use his paternity, his vacation time until she yeah. came home because I was just there here and there. So my mother would come with me. And then as soon as Dan got out of work at four o'clock, he'd drive up. My mom and him would swap out because you could only have two people in the room at a time. Oh, I'd go right. home at eight. So it was a, it was very, very intense. I look back and I'm like, I don't even know how I got through this. Yeah. Um, 
So she had one really tough night in the NICU. We weren't there, but she had, they call it like incidents. And so every morning we would hear the rounds from the the head of the pediatric NICU. And so he would give us the update. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it was like Monday or Tuesday night, one of the earlier nights on, she had a tough time, but then she was okay for 48 hours in a row. And then she had to pass her car seat test. So she had to sit up in the car seat. And let me tell you, she's a tiny little <laughs> peanut in that car seat. I look back, I'm like, wow. I don't know how like, she didn't like slide underneath that those little straps, but. <laughs> I know it's crazy how quickly they grow once they start really growing. Yep. Yep. Oh, exactly. So, have you taken out the car seat of the infant insert yet? Or is she yes, still we in have, that one? We yeah. have. I'll tell you. Yeah, I'll tell you that the feeding story keeps going, but she's going strong now with her weight and everything. Nice, but nice. Well, during that really, week. Oh, sorry. What yeah. was, what was like the, what was pumping? Like, were you pumping at night? Were you pumping at the hospital? Oh. How did that all yes. unfold? Yeah. So I was pumping. So I had the pump that they gave me the spectra at home. And then I, at the hospital, they had the hospital grade one. It was like nice. amazing. That was like so much, you like three times as much milk, right? With this different right. one, because the, the pressure and just the intensity. So I would pump eight times a day. So it was like yeah. every like two hours. And then I had like a little chunk where I tried to sleep more at night. Um, yeah. I gave myself that break. You know, again, your first, your first baby, you kind of do what the lactation consultant tells you and you don't really... I mean, you, you kind of question it, but not really. You're like, okay, I'm just going to keep, I'm just going to keep doing this. And of course, slow going in the beginning for me, it was kind of like, all right, this is like not much. Right. And it was like the colostrum for a while. And like, you know, the liquid gold, right. Is what they call it. Um, so I would pump, I mean, I was at the, I was at the hospital so much. I, I, and I liked using the hospital grade pump as well. So I would pump as much as I could there you know, they had fridges there so I could store everything. I could put our little name labels on it and store it there. And then every morning I would pump like at home. So in the morning I would bring, you know, whatever I had there. So, cause we wanted mm-hmm. to give Ariana as much breast milk as possible compared to, you know, obviously we had to use the formula as well, just because sure. I didn't have enough milk in the beginning. You know, I think and it's probably true. Like the formula might be, make them last a little bit longer. Like it's more, um, they sleep right. a little bit better, et cetera, et cetera. So we we're just doing whatever we could. Yeah. So yes, it was a, a long week of, you know, being there at the hospital, pumping as much as I can and then pumping at home. I would set my alarm too in the middle of the night. That was, that was tough. That was really tough. It was tough the whole yeah. time I did that, but especially in the beginning without her even there, I'm like I'm yeah. pumping to wake up at my alarm to do this. And my baby's still in the NICU. It's just so many emotions, Yeah, but I wanted what was best for her. And so of course I'm going to at least try yeah. you know, to do, to follow what the lactation consultants are, are telling us. And they were great. There were several of them that, that were in the NICU throughout. So I would ask questions. Nice. Um, cool. And I've heard, and I might be getting this backwards, but that do they do like a bottle test in the NICU where you have to like, Ariane would have to confirm that she could drink from a bottle before going home. Yeah. Yeah. She did okay with that. She was okay. Um, very slow going. Like we had to use yeah. a super slow flow in the beginning. That's like, if she would drink like the tiniest, tiniest amount, but that's true. She did have to make sure that she could do that because her breastfeeding skills were, were subpar. So there needed to be some way that she could, <laughs> that she could, um, you know, yeah. have, um, yeah. Right. Have Make sure that yeah, all of it works. Nice. Yes. Nice. Yes, exactly. All right. Exactly. So you brought her home on Sunday. We brought her home on that week. Sunday? Yeah. 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 Whatever day yeah. that was. Yep. Yep. And what was that like your first nights at home? And oh my goodness. What was that like? Wow. <laughs> well, <laughs> being a planner person that I am, I, my husband and I made a schedule, right? Because nice. She had to eat every two hours as much as we could feed her because she wasn't eating a lot, but also, you know, she's so underweight. We had to make sure she was fed. So we had a whole schedule. And the first night we um, woke up together every time we just said, mm-hmm. okay, we're going to do this first night together. I remember there were lots of like high fives and like, we got this. And so um, I was pumping when we brought her home, we were trying more. We did try here and there, right? As I mentioned, like to have her actually breastfeeding in the NICU even, and she just wasn't super interested. But we did, we were like adamant, okay, this is going to, we're going to try to make this work. So we did try 
Um, yeah. So I, we would try, I would pump a little bit, then try to have her breastfeed, you know, vice here and there. And she really wasn't super interested. So it was, a little, it was more, mostly just the pumping and the bottle feeding and then seeing if she'll take like a little bit of the bottle before she'd fall asleep again. So it was a lot of like really, really struggling to have her um, take any, anything at all. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, so like after those first few nights, moving into the first few months, what, how, what was it like? What was challenging? What was joyful? Yeah. So there was a short period when Ariana did breastfeed. It was Mm -hmm. like two weeks. It was a very short time. And that felt like a success to me because that was what we were like hoping for, right? That was like the plan, quote, quote, whatever you want to call it. I did go to a lactation consultant outside the hospital. So through the same um, hospital program um, a couple of times, and they helped with a nipple shield, which ended up helping. They, they made sure that I had the right flange sizes. Cause I don't think I, I think I had the right one on one side and not the right one on the other side. Anyway, um, that was, that was, that was really good for, for the pumping for them helping with that too. But yeah, so it felt, it felt great to have her breastfeed for a couple of weeks and then we kind of regressed and then she didn't want to anymore. So <laughs> I went back to the pumping eight times a day. Oh my goodness. And it was really hard. It yeah. was really hard. It's exhausting. It was absolutely exhausting. Like that's, there's no other way to put it. And I think I'm a perfectionist. And so I just wanted to be able to do it eight times a day and do it right. And I remember like, I was like, how, how is there enough time in the day? It's like, how do you have time to pump and then clean the, all the pieces, right? Sterilize them and then feed the baby and that all these things. So yeah, that was really hard. I called on my husband a lot to help. He's, he was great with doing all the, like the sterilizing and washing the pump parts. And I remember watching some hack videos about like, just put the pump parts in a bag in the fridge and wash them once a day. Like, little things and I definitely was like okay I'm definitely doing these little shortcuts or tricks I called on some good friends nice as Molly some of the experts um some 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 really close girlfriends who didn't mind sharing their experiences and being there for support because it really is huge I would tell anyone to like use networks, use resources, use this podcast, you know, listen to other people's stories. It really is empowering. It's helpful. So you don't feel like you're alone and not that you feel like you're alone, but it's just going through this, a similar experience that is so, like you said, abstract until you actually do it with someone or talking about it. It's just incredibly helpful. So I think those to circle back to answer your question, like some of those moments really felt like okay, like I can do this. I got this. It was joyful in that sense that like I'm doing the best I can for my daughter, even though it was incredibly challenging at the same time. Yeah. So it's definitely a roller coaster of emotions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I found too, like, you know, you mentioned the schedule and Hawkeye and I did this very similar thing. And so there were moments where like, it was, I was the only one up with Luna and like, but I was also had to pump. And so like, I was like holding her and pumping and I definitely spilt milk that way. And I was so pissed, but yeah, I can only imagine like, ah, just continuing to have to do that all the time. And I mean, I did it for the first six weeks, but like, yeah, it was, it's not fun. It, it's, yeah. I mean, six weeks, six weeks is, is impressive. So I ended up pumping for probably like two pumping full-time for two and a half months. Um, And then I was, we were having a lot of challenges with Ariana too. And she was like contorting when she was eating and it was just like, she was not gaining weight. And um, we ended up finding out she through several trials that she has a milk Mm -hmm. protein intolerance. Oh no. All the breast milk I was giving her was making her sick because of my diet. Um, right. Cause I was not dairy free. And so I started to go dairy free and it was just going to take too long. So it takes like two weeks to get out of your system, but it takes four weeks to get out of the baby system. And we didn't have, we didn't have four weeks. Yeah. That, like a month is so long in, in like a baby's yeah. early life. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's like the whole, yeah, their whole yeah. life. The whole You're book. like and at it, that point it's, 
then it's like a third of her life. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So we were going to the PD, actually, we were going to the pediatrician like every other day for the first month because she had to get her weight checked because she went down to four pounds, 11 ounces. Mm -hmm. And she wasn't, she didn't get up to five pounds for like a month, which was like not great, but yeah, uh, but, but she's totally fine now. But so we went through, let's see, one, two, three, three different formulas, but we had to use the formula for an extended amount of time because we had to make sure again, like the previous one was out of her system for several weeks. And then we had to, you know, see, so we used a gentle a formula and it helped a little bit and then it stopped working. Then we used Utramogen, which is a pretty popular um, formula, like hypoallergenic. That worked for a while, actually. And then it stopped working. So then the formula we use now is called Elecare. And mm. it's amino acid based. It's like pre-digested and it works for her. So she's Great. been doing wonderful since like early June. So those first Great. several months were really, really iffy. And now it's great. So my only wish is that, so I have all this breast milk because I was pumping still all this time, all right. pumping milk. but I did stop. We weren't sure with her milk protein. So I kept pumping a little bit longer because I didn't want to, I didn't want to stop. It's very yeah. emotional to stop, to make that decision. It's like, here we are. And you never thought you'd be here, but here we are. And this is just the best decision for the family. Cause I, it wasn't good right. for my mental state and knowing that, you know, she can't drink it right now. Can she ever drink it? So Long story short, I have a lot of breast milk still. It's in my parents' chest freezer. They nice. <laughs> have room in our freezer. And so I, I do want her to use it in some way, shape, or form. I, I can I can donate it too, which is another option. But yeah, that's cool. when she Yeah, when she becomes nine months old, we're gonna start baking it into different products and see if she can take it. So yeah. Um, so I don't want all that hard work to to go to nothing. But um yeah. No, yeah, it's cool too that you have it in your parents' chest freezer because I've read re that they recently extended the shelf life of breast milk. So like if it is in a chest freezer, it lasts for like a year now instead of just the six months. Or yes, least. yes. So yeah, that's they told cool. me a year. Yeah, they told yeah. me a year. So figure if I pumped it in March or April, I still, you know, have plenty, yeah. plenty of times. Uh, so, but yeah, I think like, again, the, the decision to, to, to stop pumping was, it was difficult because um, yeah. again, it wasn't kind of what I envisioned. And I feel like sometimes there's like, I don't know. I don't know if pressure is the right word, but it's more like you just, again, I'm a perfectionist. I just want the best for her. And I feel like, oh, I'm just, I'm giving up. I'm stopping. But really it was the best decision for our family, like what we needed yeah. and where we were. And, you know, my lack of sleep and that kind of, you know, drive my husband crazy. And then we're all crazy. I'm like, this is just not working. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. But I hear you, especially because it's like such a big part of your life up until that moment, you know, like pumping so yeah. many times a day and, you know, just it's sort of like this indoctrinated part of the process and be forced into having to make a decision before you were necessarily ready to make a decision, right? Like it was all based on Ariane's time and not like your experience with breastfeeding, but hers. So, right. Absolutely. Yep. I, and you know, it just teaches you like your baby's in charge. Like you're not in charge anymore. Yeah. I mean, there's <laughs> example yes. one, she came five weeks early. Example two, she didn't want to breastfeed. You know, I just keep going and going. <laughs> totally. Totally. Yes. She is her own woman. I love oh, it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So you mentioned that your partner was just really good you know, with helping with the pumping and like with all the parts and things and how has it been switching to formula? Have you guys kind of like, you know, is you still have a schedule? Is it just whoever's with, with Ariane at the time? How do you, how do you handle it now? Yeah. I feed her the bottles more often than he does. I really enjoy it. I like feeding mm -hmm. her. I don't know. It's just like our special time together too. Like obviously we can find stuff, but I love like holding her and just you know having her, her have the bottle. But Dan's great too. I'll I always want to do her nighttime feed nights, just start routine. Like you know, he'll do, he'll help get her dressed, and he'll bring her over to me, and then I'll I'll give her the bottle. So I think yeah, it's more just like I think it's more my preference. Um, you know, she still wakes up in the middle of the night to feed, and so we will alternate with that though. Usually it's just knock on wood once a night, and so I'd say more often than not it's me. But he'll like he jumped in last night because I still was kind of low on the weather. I'm like, can you you know get the bottle if he jump right up and did it. So 
yeah, so I really appreciate that, that he's willing and, and able to, you know, I think that is one thing, you know, if you're not breastfeeding that, well, yeah. both, both people have, have equal opportunities if it's a bottle. Right? <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I know, you know, it was like, what, two and a half, three months, but what did you have to do any like pumping or breastfeeding in public? And what was it like for you in social situations? That's a great question. You know, I really never got comfortable, um, in social, like in social situations, breastfeeding or pumping. I did I actually, no, I didn't really breastfeed ever in public because she didn't really breastfeed ever. I mean, my, the most public was like the NICU, but there's people around, um, but pumping, I did have a willow. So the portable. And so I did use it a couple times just because if you would go too long without pumping, you'd be like, ugh, painful. Right. You never got super comfortable with it. I don't know if it's just me. I mean, some people are just like, you know, driving to work and pumping and like, (laughs) the ones and like I don't know but I think it's just me probably just my comfort level I didn't yeah. I also didn't leave the house a ton those first couple months I bet yeah. if I had kept pumping you know into months later as the weather yeah. was getting I probably would have done more in public it she was born in February and it's just cold here in Rochester New York and so I really didn't leave the house that much those first like two and a half months anyway yeah so yeah, cool. And then this is maybe more a selfish question for me because I'm now considering weaning. So when you decided to stop pumping, was it, did you do it like gradually? Did you just do a hard stop? And like, what was your experience like? Did you get milk blisters or bleeds or clog ducts or? Yeah. yeah. Great question, Molly. Um, Let's see. Well, I, I took the sunflower lecithin recommended <laughs> by you actually every day. So that helped with the like the clogs, because I did get some like clogged ducts in the beginning. So I think that yeah. just like made the whole, that whole process easier. I did it gradually. So what I would do was, you know, I was pumping eight times a day. So I went down to, I think it, I was like probably at like six or seven after a while, like, but mm-hmm. religiously. And so I would go down to five and four, but it was pretty slow because for yeah. me, I, I just, I had to, I would just get very clogged and heavy and it would just be very uncomfortable. So I did that slowly. It was a little bit painful, honestly, here and there. I wore like a very tight bra. Like that was mm-hmm. one thing that helped um, with it. And then I also found another close friend from college, um, Katie, actually. Nice. Molly knows Katie. She was breastfeeding at the same time as me. She had her third her third child a little before Ariana was born. And she was weaning at the, at the time as well. And she recommended this tea I think it's called, I can send you the name of it, but it's yeah. like pink. I don't know. And it's, it, it really helped. It had just certain nice. herbs in it that's supposed to help with weaning. So cool. I'll put it in the show notes if you send me the link. Okay. Yes, I will. <laughs> I will. Yep. 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 I thought, I mean, it t- I love tea. Like I hear, you know, here we are right yes. now. Hey, nice. Um, yeah. If you're a tea person, this, this tea was just wonderful. And you, each bag made two cups and I would have two cups a day. And I think, you know, between that and then just very, very slowly, and then wearing a super tight bra. Those were the, the things that I did. Nice. I think you have to be like mentally again. So a lot of it's mental too, like mentally ready to actually do this. Yeah. Yeah. No, those are great tips. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Awesome. Well, before we get into the rapid fire round, I also, oh, I have two questions. One, um, I'm curious. So Ariane is currently seven months, but just a little over five months corrected. Right. So, and I know they say like, you can start introducing solid foods at six months. So have you started or are you waiting until she hits her corrected six month date? Great question. So we did start, actually, we started um, about a month ago. So we started with not her, we didn't do her corrected age. Maybe we should have though, because we started with purees and she does not like that. (laughs) (laughs) She doesn't, she doesn't swallow at all. I think she's really just exploratory yeah she doesn't like carrots she doesn't like peas she's sweet potatoes okay she doesn't like bananas which i thought you might like a banana yeah the cereal she's into a little bit we introduced um peanut butter they say to introduce oh. it early so sh- just check for the allergies so she's yeah. okay with the cereal but yeah i told my husband actually yesterday like it's gonna be slow going <laughs> like low slow going <laughs> So she'll be having her Ella Care formula for a long time. <laughs> so 
we'll see. I'll keep you posted. <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I think it also helps when they start to get teeth. Yeah. She doesn't have any teeth yet. So yes, I think that will, that will be helpful. Yeah. Too. yeah. <laughs> nice. nice. Did you know that 90% of mothers felt lonely after having children and 54% felt friendless after giving birth. This according to a recent UK survey of more than 2000 mothers. I can definitely relate. I had a hard time after my daughter was born, which is why I started my free private Facebook group for Moms Plus called More Milk Please, Strong Supportive Mamas. Come join us at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash more milk, please and find the connection and belonging you desire. Look forward to seeing you there. So I know you've named a few products that you've used, but are there certain like tips or resources or products in particular that you want to recommend or just shout out again? Yeah, let me, that that tea was wonderful. Let me find the name and I'll share that with you. Let me see. I mean, when I was breastfeeding, actually you again, Molly recommended though, these um, pads that were like cooling like on your nipples and they were awesome too, because the times that she was trying and it was like, uh, like you're so sore. So those were really good. I think they were the Medela pads or something. Yeah. Yeah. I'll add those too. Yeah. I used some, um, coconut oil actually too, like afterward, mm. just to kind of soothe, like that was pretty helpful. I don't know. I think that might be all I can think of right now, but I'm no, thinking that's it's totally cool. And yeah. you've mentioned a lot along the way. And I think, you know, to your point earlier, like just, ca- just continue to ask all your friends and, and build your network and all the things. Cause yeah, especially when you're in it. Yes. It's so helpful. And it's interesting because people, maybe you haven't talked to you know, I reconnected with a friend I hadn't seen in 15 years from a friend mm-hmm. from high school at the birthing class and we had babies at the same time. And so, That's so cool. it is helpful too to to have people that are going through the same thing do at the same time. Right. Yeah. I have like several friends who have children who are like eight and ten and like it's wonderful and they can give you such great advice, but it's not the same as someone who's going through it at the similar time. So I would definitely say find a mom group out there. That's another thing too, that I would recommend. I did find in finding a mom group. Um, it was people, you how know, did you, how did you do that? Did you do it through the hospital or? Yeah, great question. Um, so I'm actually one of the people who are kind of in their own world and they're not on social media. However, a close friend of mine found, um, a posting on Facebook and it was called, um, it's, it's called the fourth trimester and beyond. So if you're yes. local to Rochester, anyone listening, make yes. sure you check that out. It was a really powerful group. Um, and so it was once a week on a Thursday morning and it was, um, I think it was just six weeks long, but it was really, it was really awesome. So I would say anyway, probably, you know, probably social media wise would be the way to, to find yeah. a group like that. But, um, yeah, keep those, you know, be open-minded. I'm always someone to try something new. So I, for me, I'm like, sure, whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll show up there by myself. I don't know anybody, but if you're not like that, I would just encourage you to be open-minded because you never know. You never know yeah. who you're going to meet or what resources out there. So, yeah. And it's amazing too, just how easy it is having a baby to just go and with other moms, just what? talk about your children. <laughs> it's like an right. easy in, like if you're feeling socially right. awkward, Yeah. You ask the basic questions. The basic questions. Yes, definitely. The other resource I found to be really helpful is actually the local library. Um, They have a lot of story hours and like they have baby sensory play and they're all like free activities and they're all during the day. So if you're on maternity leave, you know, I connect with some other moms just casually talking with them. Again, similar people going through similar experiences. Um, So that's another resource that could be helpful for anyone who has like a local library. Yeah, that's a great idea. All right. We're going to do a little rapid fire section here to end. All right. (laughs) So I'm curious. I know you already told us that you tried a number of foods with Ariane, but I'm curious, what was the first food, if you remember? The first food. Um, First food we did with her was the oat cereal. The oat cereal. All right. And are you a morning or a night person? Definitely morning. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and has that stayed consistent well with baby? Yes. yes. Nice. Nice. 
And I think you already gave this away, but officially, are you coffee or tea? Oh, tea. Tea all the way. <laughs> like nice. Do you have like a go-to in the morning? Or are you generally like an evening tea drinker? What's your... Definitely in the morning. Sometimes in the evening depends. Other times I just like to hold something hot in my hands and feel the warmth of it. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. What is your go-to recharge activity? With Ooh, for a walk outside, fresh air outside. Anything that involves that is my definitely my go-to for now. I mean, it, yeah. it changes with the baby. You can't do, can't go on like a fifty-mile hike or anything like that. <laughs> no. And do you have a favorite bedtime story? Oh, I really love the book, The Night You Were Born. It's a little sappy. So sometimes I'm like not in the mood for it. But if I'm in like a, like a, oh, kind of mood, like that's what I'll, I'll read to her. Nice. Nice. I love that. And what is the one thing your partner can do to help you out that like takes the burden off you a bit or just makes you feel like so appreciated? Oh, that's a great question. So I feel like tactical, like wash the bottles for me. I hate washing bottles. Like that's huge (laughs) for me. (laughs) That's the first thing that pops into my head. Uh, But just like generally, just like sharing the burdens in general. And I feel like we're really good at that. And we communicate when one person's feeling like, wait a minute, like, you know, I need a little help here. Can you pick her up from daycare again, even though you did that, you know, these days. And so I think like the communication and dividing up tasks, that's, that's what we can do. That's what we can do to help, you know, make me feel like it's not things on me. Yeah. 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 That's so cool. All right. Well, before we wrap up, is there anything else you'd like to share? I know we've talked a lot, so I don't know. If yeah, I think we had everything. I just want to say thank you. I think this is a wonderful opportunity to be able to share stories. Um, I think it's like empowering that you have this podcast that are, you know, asking these questions you might not always think about and given the opportunity to share and relate to other mamas. So thank you, Molly. Well, thank you, Carla. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your unique story, like from start to finish. It's been it's been a journey. Yes, it has. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much. Okay. thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, leave a comment on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you listen to podcasts and share with a fellow Mama Plus. And if you're interested in coming on to share your own baby feeding story, head to mollyrider.com and click on share your story. Thanks. See you next week. Bye.